hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast with myself, John Phipps and Matt Gerrard. It's been another busy week, we've got two interviews for you in this show, but before we get into that, my co-host is on the line now and apparently I have to be nice to him, so Matt, how are you? Living the dream, mate. It's five past ten on a Tuesday night, we're doing a Tuesday night because of various work and things, so, so dedication to the cause. And I, I, yesterday I saw you because we had our radio show and I listened to a uh, quite a famous podcast well a couple of celebrities in it about football uh, or about sport in general and there was a lot of swearing in it John so I was thinking maybe do we sort of need to drop the F-bomb now and again because that was you know there was no reason for their swearing but they seemed to drop it quite a bit so do you think that's for the future for us was it a, or are we a family friendly pod we're family was it marked as explicit content on the thing uh, uh, no no I didn't know you had to tell me how to get find the podcast so of course uh, I don't listen to any other podcast but I thought on me drive home from Tunbridge Wells uh, that I'd listened to one and it was quite enjoyable there was a lot of F-bombs going around and various things so um, no I didn't say anything like that or well, I didn't see anything like that anyway that's how I'm, I'm very surprised the thing is the, 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 it, it, I'll tell you who it was it was the Andy Goldstein and Ian Wright podcast right Ian Wright who I've got a, a lot of time for and both of them were dropping the dropping the dropping the bomb is it what the kids say so um, and again that is the norm and you know these days, I think so. But maybe I thought maybe maybe we should be doing something like that. No, I don't think so. I mean, I I like a swear as much as the next person. Let's not <laughs> beat about the bush. As funny enough, while just before we started recording, Matt heard me audibly swearing at one of my cats. Yeah. Um, and but you know, I don't think in a in a podcast. Um, I think you don't need to. Um, swear, especially when you're talking about non-league football, um, <laughs> you know, the bits that... that to be fair, there's some of their talking about was not about football and other activities, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, you could see it from from that point of view, so, um, yeah, maybe we shouldn't, yeah, yeah, exactly, occasionally when you beep it out, yeah. when we used to talk about that, um, that, well, we'll talk about, maybe they'll get mentioned, you can, well, I can do the singing later, so. No, absolutely not. Um I, on the other hand, when, when I left you, what were the last words I said to you last night? Can you remember? Mm, safe trip. No, it, I said to you, it's banging tunes all the way home. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. What, what, what um, quality tunes were you listening well, to? Well, this is the thing. I made a note of as many as I could remember when I got home because I just had, I've got a, a playlist set up on Spotify and I had it on shuffle. So I was listening to um, the work of such acts as Biffy Clyro, Twin Atlantic, Feeder, Oasis, Manic Street Preachers, uh, The Enemy and Lit. Uh, are you fans of any of those? Have you even heard of any of them apart from uh, Oasis? Uh, Oasis, of course, my favourite. I quite like the Manics. Uh, Feeder, uh, I probably know some of their songs. Still that Biffy Clyro is the... Uh, we've had that conversation before. No, apart from them, I haven't heard of it. I, I, I've got a Spotify... Thing. Again, I mentioned that program, um, Russian Dolls, and it's got some quality music, so I put that on my Spotify list. But I don't listen to as much music as I should, really. Um, maybe because my car stereo is so bad, I can't actually listen to anything from my phone. So, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and Heart FM only seems to play a lot of crap, so um, I should really get into music. I used to love my music. And when I've, up in the loft, I've got the... Um, the CDs, you know, when you, of course, when you had CDs and you had a massive collection and up in the loft and I did think maybe I should go up there and get my CD collection because there, there is some quality tunes in there, which I, I do like a bit of music. I was, I'm waiting for Oasis to um, reform so I can go and see them. We'll take the kids to go and see them. I saw them numerous times when they're around and I'd like to see them again. So eventually when, when they need the money or when Liam Gallagher needs the money. Uh, they reform, but uh, love nor money won't get you tickets. Because Slide Away is my favourite song. So, Fire Oasis was that one on your playlist? 
Uh, that didn't pop up actually. I think the Oasis song that came up was uh, "Talk Tonight." So, oh, classic! Yeah, I'm gonna talk tonight. That is a. If you've ever seen the um, Unplugged Oasis, when Liam Gallagher's not in it and he does talk tonight, and the woman in the um, studio goes, uh, he plays like a chord of it, and the woman goes, talk, and the woman goes, yes, talk tonight, and he goes, ten for the woman in the black bear. I'm sorry that. Have you listened to the Unplugged? Oasis. Uh, many years ago. That's a classic. Very good. Nearly up there with less than Nirvana in the Unplugged stakes. And Eric Clapton as well. Um, they don't do that anymore, Unplugged, do they? Uh, well, do you know what? Funny MTV. enough, they brought it back last year and your favourite band, Biffy Clyro, were the subjects of MTV Unplugged uh, back last year. So it's, it's is, is MTV still? Well, yeah, it, it was on TV, and and they also released it on CD and and vinyl and, and everything. So, but can, can you still get MTV? I, I, I don't think you can, I didn't think MTV actually went. Yeah, no, it's still a channel. It's still a thing. Or they they still play videos and yeah stuff like that. Oh. Yeah, they also play things like um, Geordie Shaw is on MTV, I think, and things like that. Oh, I've never. Um, Heard of programs like that? Well, I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about those ones. But I'm not really, you know, into reality TV. But I've watched another series on Netflix this week, Dirty John, which is um, about a stalker, which is quite a shocking ending, really. So that's another good one to do on the TV front. What else have I? Um, well, I will just interrupt you about the TV because um, if you follow me personally on Twitter at John Phipps eighty one, you may have seen earlier that I um, tweeted a video in which I claimed that black and white cats are thick. Um, not that I want the stereotypes to be proven right, but uh, my black and white cat, Lenny, was just halfway in the cat flap, um, playing with his own shadow through the door. Uh, I, I really have no words for the behaviour of the this young gentleman, who will be three uh, next month, uh, and I'd suggest his mental age is still somewhere behind that. Uh, oh, that's always good to cat, you know. He's probably, has he been out for the day? He just comes back? This sort of time, or is he? No, they're both. They are both, and I don't think I need to beat this out. They are both fart arsing about um, because uh, it literally is a case of while the cat's away, uh, because uh, my other half, Haley, is not here uh, this evening. Um, so I'm spending my second night running without her talking to Matt. Um, <laughs> but what, uh, what a joy that is for you! Yeah, when when she's here, they pretty much get food on tap. Whereas I've been out all day today, so they literally had. One meal before I went, one meal when I got home. And normally by now, they probably have had three servings of biscuits and they've had none of that malarkey tonight. So I don't know if Nenny is now waiting by the cat flap, waiting for the other one to come back in so he can pounce on him. Uh, but either way, I'll be keeping abreast of this during the rest of your Kent Non-League podcast. Um, finally, before we move on and start talking about other stuff, half-term this week, the, the team Gerard having fun, are they? No, I, I, I'm at work, so... Um, oh, wife. double bonus. So, um, so I think the trips are out and about. So I think they're having time. The good thing is, of course, you get a bit late in the morning because, of course, when you go to the uh, driving to work, there's nothing on the road. So it's, you think, what a bonus this is. So I found a bit of a lane, go to a bit work a little bit later. And apart from that, really, so but the weather's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, and they're saying it's going to be. It's really the kind nice of. I, I, was, I didn't take this half term off because we've had it before, and it's like normally chucking down with rain or it's freezing cold so I thought I would save it for a different one but the weather's fantastic and it could even be like 14 degrees at the weekend which is out comes the, the uh, out comes the, the sort of bomber jacket to, to go to football so that's a bit of excitement from there apart from that anything else exciting happening 
No, 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 not really. Um, just plodding along, really. So uh, the season getting a little bit more exciting now, and uh, within the next month, I think we'll know a little bit more about what's going on. Exactly. It's our 72nd episode this week, and the Urban Dictionary was um, interesting for that. Uh, it's also a huge number in religion as well, apparently. Oh, look I didn't know that. Oh, Urban Dictionary. Yeah, look, look, but also look it up on Wikipedia for the religious aspect of the number 72. But, and this is undoubtedly my favourite thing about the number 72, right? You're going to love this. Font sizes are measured in one seventy seconds of an inch, and each font size that you increase is one 72nd of an inch bigger than the previous. So if you ever type in font size 72, then firstly I suggest you get your eyes checked, but then when you print it out, your characters will be an inch tall. Now everybody's learned... Well, right, right, right. So not to that. I'm just typing in biblical number 72. I'll be shocked. No, it's it's just there's just a lot I, I, a lot of things that we probably really shouldn't be getting into on on a football podcast, Matt. I don't think we know enough to talk about. Oh no, no, no. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, good. All right. right, right, okay. Let's move on with the show. Then it's only fair this week that we start with the FA Vars. And with Canterbury City are getting ready for the visit of Biggleswade on Sunday. It's a huge game at Halters Lane, and ahead of it, I caught up with City boss Ben Smith. Sunday, Biggleswade, biggest game in the club's history. Uh, yeah, but a tenth of a mile. Um, it, as we say, the last two games have been the biggest game, and you know, keeps up, the ante keeps getting up, really. Um, so it's exciting. Um, you know, there's no nerves really because no one expected us to get this far. Do, do you know much about them? I've, I've been looking them up a bit. They certainly score some goals, don't they? Yeah, I think 70 odd goals. Um, midfielder, um, they've got their Nelson scores a lot as well. From there, they've got goals coming from all over the place. There's not really one play goal, we need to stop him. Um, so yeah, we, ex- we expect to play a good side, you would do in the quarterfinals of the Vars. Um, but I think we're, we're a side that can, uh, can be a match for anyone on our day. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and you're at home as well. And obviously you're playing on Sunday. It's a chance for everyone in the county to come along and get behind you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, we had a good crowd in the last one. I think it was just over 400. Um, I say for us, nomads. So have that sort of crowd is great. Um, but I, I'd expect I'd expect closer to 1,000 this time, uh, especially with being on a Sunday. I mean, they're bringing down a good 200 um, for the coaches that they've booked out. So, yeah, we expect a good crowd, good atmosphere. And hopefully we can uh, we can get some people uh, behind us uh, down there at the ground. And what would it mean to, to you and to the club to get into the semis? Oh, just, I, I don't think I could put it into words, uh, what it would do for us. I mean, you know, it's well publicised, issues we've had with the ground, etc. Um, you know, and our ongoing battle with the council. I mean, getting to the semi-final, just, again, just further highlights the need for us to have our own base and our own um, home to grow from, really. Um, Biggleswade as well, they, they seem to be a, a new club. They've, they've only been around a couple of years and they seem to be sort of steamrolling the way through their top of their league. So, as you already said, it is going to be a really tricky game, isn't it? Yeah, no, of course. I mean, you know, although we've got home advantage, um, I think they're firm favourites for the game. Um, I don't think anyone really would, would look at the two sides, the form in the league, 
um, especially the injuries we've picked up recently, and say that we're the favourites. Um, so I think that tag suits us really. Um, we've been we've been that in most of the games we've played in this far as we've played aside from another league that have been high flyers in the league, and suddenly we've turned up and and sort of comfortably beat them, um, which I think shows you the strength in depth of the the scaffold league. It's yeah, it's not often not often um, you know I've been involved in the Vars games like over the years where I'd say you know the Scaffold League is so much stronger than these other ones but this year it really does does seem to be true You mentioned it there the injuries I mean you've lost two players for the rest of the season because of head injuries I mean that, what, what an awful blow that is especially on the eve of such a big game Oh, you couldn't make it up, could you? Um, you know, in, big influential players, you know, huge experience at this level. Yeah, um, both players, you know, had the armband on at the time as well, so that may be cursed. Um, but yes, it's one of those things we've got to move on. Um, you know, we've got players in mind to, to, to bring in to sort of solve our injury, uh, injury crisis, shall we say. Um, so we've just got to move on and sort of put that behind us, really. We can't, can't really dwell on that, although they're big players for us. You know, the most important thing is the, the squad gets themselves through. You've had a few players who've um, been at Herne Bay when they got to the, to the semi-finals. Are you looking to them to show a bit of experience and leadership on, on Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the experience we've got in the squad is, is very good, um, to be fair. So you expect that to come to the forefront, and it has in the other games. I mean, in these games, you expect players to be nervous, but, you know, each Vars game, it seems that the lads are going in there so confident. Um, and at times when I'm sort of trying to hide my nerves, I just look at the players and I just, I don't know, we've had this belief. And it's it's weird because in the, the league games, when it's been tight, we've we've just come out second best this year, um, and we've not had that real consistency. But in the cup games, it's like it's as if I don't know, as if it's meant to be. Um, you know, whether it's meant to be for us to get through this one, we'll see. But you know, there's just that that real belief and calm approach from the players, which is which is great because it can't, you know, it's, it has that effect on me as well. You've mentioned the stadium, obviously, a blow for you with the uh, the plans that you had being rejected by Canterbury City Council. Is that one dead in the water and now you're trying to find another solution or what's the next step? Um, that's not for me to be, uh, to be A, talking about and B, um, sort of thinking about really. Um, but as you say, obviously... Um, there, there, you know, there are other options available to us that we're currently looking at, um, but all of our options rely on the council to to back us. Really, um, over twenty years, they've not done that. And you've got some some people are thinking about standing for elections, hopefully make a change and, and, and really do something. Yeah, so I, I might I might be uh, be one of those. Um, to be honest with you, it's the, the more people we can get to stand, the better. Um, you know, it's, whether we'll get a seat on on the council uh, remains to be seen. It, it's more so just to raise the raise the profile um, of what is a travesty, really. Um, you know, I've I've sort of tweeted twenty years of shame to the council, and it is. It really is. Um, it's a city. We're not talking about a village. We're not talking about a little town. It's a city, um, and it needs a football club. And I think this year, more than any year, it's sort of shown, you know, how big the club could be. Um, and we're doing that off a nomadic um, sort of base. And just finally, the, the, going back to Sunday, I'm sure everybody um, who's listening to this wishes you all the best of luck on Sunday and, and hopefully you can have a, a day to remember. 
no, I really appreciate that. And obviously, you know, we've had so many well wishes in the previous rounds. And even people that, you know, I, I'm a nightmare on the sideline. When, you know, whistle, whistle blows, I am a nightmare. I get that. I understand that. I know that. Um, but some of the people that have come out in support of, you, support of us has, you know, has been really um, amazing. Um, and we really appreciate it as a football club. Um, and hopefully we can do the scaffold proud. Well, he's, he says it's the biggest game in their history, Matt, and, and it's hard to uh, it's hard to screw. I will just say quickly, by the way, that we did say on the show the other week when the draw was made that it was the Guillaume Balagay Club. It actually isn't. There are, isn't it? There are three teams in Biggleswade. Town, who are the best of them, and then Biggleswade United and Biggleswade are both in the same league. And the Spartans... How big is Biggleswade? How do they need three teams? Not massive. And I can tell you, we had, well, the thing was, we had a conversation, uh, Ben and I, after we'd recorded that chat, in which we basically said, Canterbury haven't got any teams, and yet Biggles Wade have got three. And um, he was very much of the mindset of, yes, that's an interesting comment. Um, but, so my mate who gave me knowledge that it was Gillen Balagay trying to big himself up with the knowledge, got it wrong. But my fault for not checking my source, because my electrocuted mate got it wrong. Exactly, yeah. Uh, second thing he's got wrong this year after electrocuting himself. But no, it's yeah. just Biggles Wade FC. Um, they're a new club. They're only founded in 2016. They won 7-1 on Saturday. Um, and they've also won 9-0 as well recently and won 6-1 in the last round. And they've already been to Wembley this season. Uh, their first game of the season, no less, in the Spartan South Midlands League. And they were 2-1 winners at Wembley. Um, knowledge. That yeah. is knowledge, mate. Yeah, but uh, Ben Smith there. So, so you what, know, what, let's go and take you back. What level is Gillen Balagay's team then? Same league. in the... They're in the same, same league. league. Yep. They're in the, they're in the same league. Like, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, Biggles Wade. It might be the greatest place the world has ever been. I've never been there at all. But why the hell do you need three football clubs? Well, so, to be fair, it's the same in Eastbourne. They've got three as well. Town, United and Borough. Um, nice. So, well, that was big news about Eastbourne. We'll get on to that later. But... Um, that's just mental, isn't it? You know, if, ooh, I, can't, I just can't understand that. And, and that probably average you get, probably all get 100 each, do they? I, I, I really don't know, but apparently, as you heard Ben say there... A bit so there 200, yeah. Yeah, Biggleswade are planning on bringing 200. And we should talk about that, as much as it's fun it is to talk about Biggleswade. Canterbury <laughs> City, what, what an opportunity this is for them. And, and it was it was great to hear. You could always hear the passion in his voice when he said, well, the last two rounds have been the biggest game in our in our club's history. So... It, it would mean so much to him and the club for them to get through this weekend. Oh uh, yeah, I did what he said about that. It's the, the biggest game at the quarterfinals of the FA Vars, which you know is a, a major tournament. We saw the back end of the final last year. Um, it's going to be tough, um, but if they can get that anger of what you mentioned about the leagues, what you mentioned in the, the, the ground situation there, that maybe... I can get through. I think he's looking at the record of Biggles Wade as, you, as I've got the right team now. Um, you realise it's going to be a really tough game, I think, for them. But they're great. they've got nothing to lose. Would you say they're underdogs, John? Yeah, I would. And Ben said that as well. He said, you know, because where they are in the league, people will be looking at and thinking, well, they're, they're not. Whereas Biggles Wade are top of their league, Canterbury City aren't top of their league. They're not going to win the league this season. Um, obviously, they've lost two players as well to, to awful injuries in the last couple of weeks. Um, that have ruled them out for the season. Um, and they're definitely underdogs. But as, as you were saying there, and I do implore everybody, if you are in the area, if you can get there on Sunday, please get along and watch Canterbury City. If I wasn't two plus hours away, I would certainly be there on Sunday. And I think it's it's a massive day for Canterbury City. And 
you know, if 800 people turn up and get behind them, that, that atmosphere could make such a difference for Canterbury City on the day. Yeah, I think um, it's the time for the people of Canterbury who maybe, you know, want to support the team. The people in Kent, we know, I think Kent get a lot of people who like to go and watch other teams. Perfect opportunity to get behind them. It's a decent facilities at um, Salters Lane. Don't forget to go to Faversham where they play. So, yeah, um, fingers crossed for them on on, on Sunday. Um, and I really hope, you know, that you had that, the high of winning the last round against uh, Leicester, da, 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 and then now they've had the disappointment about the ground. I really hope they can get that loop back up and they can get that high of a win in the vast because semi-final of a tournament, you know, you, you can really start sniffing Wembley. I think if they can get to Wembley, that is an excellent way to tell the people of Canterbury or show the people, you know, Canterbury that they need a ground to run their football club. So I, I, I'm really hopeful that they can uh, get a result and good luck to Ben and the boys. Yeah, and uh, I second that. And also it was nice... To, to talk to Ben very briefly about the stadium, he was, he was very level-headed about that, I thought, because obviously emotions have been running high about that decision and, and where the future is going to be. But, you know, he's looking at it from a point of view of, you know, that, that we've got to all work together and find a way. And, you know, you, I would say to Canterbury City Council, you know, you have got to find a way to, to make a home visit for this football club in your city because... Yeah, it, it needs it. And and who knows what's going to happen in those elections in May because uh, it, it, it's, I think it's about two weeks before the Vars final, so it could be a, a busy May for them. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think yeah, as he said in there, it's just to show people, right, you know, I, I, again, I don't know how much Ray on the right, how much he goes in the local press about it. It's probably quite a big thing in Canterbury, but people who go and vote and they can see things about Canterbury City, but it just gets the word out there and hopefully something can happen. I don't know, I presume... They're looking at other alternatives as well, uh, places now, but I really hope they can sort something out for it. Yeah. Um, also from the scaffold, Cray Valley and FA Vars action on Saturday as they travel to face Will and Rovers. As you said before, Cray Valley's location does make things tough for us, but it would be fantastic for the scaffold if they were to make it through, especially as they, like Canterbury, have a tough old tie. Uh, their opponents, Will and actually lost for just a second time this season on Saturday as they were beaten 2-0 by Plymouth Parkway. Um, I tried to look into Will and Rovers a bit, but as they live in an area covered by the newspapers owned by the same group whose decisions about non-league football coverage led to this, the birth of this podcast... There wasn't too much information about them, but uh, a tough tie for Cray Valley down there in the West Country. Yeah, I mean, just, I assume they go down on the day. Um, I think this part where I think, uh, yeah, I don't know the level of that. It always seems quite strong league. I think the, the South Western divisions of the non-league, I think they have a lot of um, that Yeovil and Plymouth reserve teams play in those sort of divisions. So it's going to be tough. But Cray, as we know, I think they're in good form at the moment. It's a cracking result there. Um, and they had at the weekend. Um they can look to go from there, um, fighting on two fronts, I think. But um, let's hope we can get, we at least get one of those sides through. We know Cray Valley is not necessarily in Kent, but they're they're flying the fan, flying the flag for Scaffold. Yeah, it's interesting that league that they're in actually, because um, you know the Scaffold. We say obviously we've got teams from Sussex and London in it, and we sometimes say that's a bit far far afield. But the the league that they're in is ridiculous because you've got teams such as Cadbury Heath. Uh, Brislington, Hengrove Athletic, uh, and there's another one uh, 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 who are all based in Bristol. And then you've got teams like Bitten, which is in between Bristol and Bath. You've got Odd Down. Is there a place called Cadbury, or is it in um, Bristol? Then is it? Was it Heath. Um, but then, so but then you've got places. So you've got teams like that who are in Bristol and 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 in Bath, Odd Down, and and that. And then you've got Shepton Mallet, which is down towards 
um, heading down towards Yeovil. Then you've got Willand, which is down in Taunton. And then you've got Plymouth chucked into the mix as well and Bridport and places like that. But the geographical spread of that league is is quite something. There's certainly some travelling to be done for those teams. Um, so, you know, fair play to Willand. They've got 66 points from their 26 games. Just the, two, top of the league, eh? Top of the league, yeah. Three points clear of Westbury United. And, um, you know, it, it is a really tricky game. But um, as we said, all, all the best to, to Canterbury City and Ben. And, and the same for Kevin Watson and everybody at, uh, at Cray Valley PM. Because it would be absolutely amazing if we're sat here when we record this next week. And we've got two teams in the semi-finals from the Scaffold. Wouldn't that be fantastic? I suppose Tunbridge Wells are the last side to get to this level before. So, um, yeah, a game that's normally dominated by the northern teams, isn't it? So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. That'll be, I think that'll be a fantastic achievement. And I think the Scaffold will be able to absolutely delighted with that. Uh, Cray Valley go into the game on the back of a big win over Fisher on Saturday. The Millers up to third in the Scaffold after their 2-1 win. Beckenham were held by Glebe. But Corinthian just keep on winning. 1-0 victors at deal to go three points clear at the top. Chatham beat Punjab 4-1 on Saturday, but were unable to make it 12 wins in a row on Tuesday night as they lost to AFC Croydon, which prompted the scaffold to tweet that the cheers can be heard from Beckenham to Longfield via Rotherhithe and Eltham after a defeat for Chatham Town tonight. Also on Tuesday, Tunbridge Wells went down 3-1 at home to Sheffield United. Uh, on Saturday, Rustall claimed a wet, rare win, just their second in the league this season, and moved off the bottom of the table by beating AFC Croydon 3-2. There also wins for Lordswood at Beersted, and Sheppey at Croydon, both 1-0. And the other games will finish 1-1. Canterbury against Tunbridge Wells, Crowborough against Erith, and Hollands and Blair against K-Sports. So, um, we, we said last week all the teams at the top keep winning that league. Well, there's been a couple of defeats this week. So, um, is, it, is it still wide open? Yeah, I think it probably is. I think Cray Valley are the, maybe the big winners by beating Fisher. Corinthian doing quite well as well, but they've got the game in hand. Chatham will be really disappointed not to beat... AFC Croydon, we've seen the both sides of them, haven't they? Losing to Rustle with them beating informed Chatham. So, uh, yeah, a tight, tight old division. And, uh, yeah, I think um, really exciting one to look forward to uh, coming up. So, many games, 38, so about 12 games to go. So, uh, we really, we're into um, squeaky bum time, something now, on the, on, the, on the sort of thing now, isn't it? So the season's getting really close. But next week, we're into March. And then, you know, it really does get by how important the leagues will be then. Yeah, this weekend it's Corinthian against Fisher, Irith against Chatham, uh, Glebe against Hollands and Blair, K-Sports against Croydon, Lordswood against Crowborough, Sheppey against Beckenham Town and Tunbridge Wells against Rustall in a big derby match-up in Tunbridge Wells. Um, Lordswood hosts Fisher on Tuesday when Beckenham will meet St Peter in the Kent Senior Trophy semi-final. Uh, Cray Valley are due to play AFC Croydon on Wednesday, obviously that's replay permitting. While Chatham will, they, will, they, will they replays be midweek or will they be the yeah, following Saturday? Straight away they'll be midweek, I think. Uh, and Chatham hosts Rustall on Tuesday. Uh, in Division 1, Wellingtown are still four points clear at the top after a 3 1 win at Lewisham Borough, while their closest rivals, Kennington, were 4 0 winners over Forest Hill Park. Elsewhere, it was FC Elmstead 2, Phoenix Sports Reserves 2, Kent Football United 3, Greenways 4, Lidtown 0, Sutton Athletic 2, Rochester United 0, Irith and Belvedere 1, SC Thamesmead 0, Bryden Ropes 2, and Snodland Town 2, Holmesdale 1. Uh, the fixtures this weekend Irith and Belvedere against Bryden Ropes, FC Elmstead against Lewisham Borough. Forest Hill Park against Greenways, Meridian VP against Sutton Athletic, Phoenix Sports Reserves against Stansfeld, Snodland Town against Kent Football United and Wellington host Rochester United. Um, so we'll move from sort of the FA Vars to the FA Trophy, where Mason United travelled to Stockport on Saturday in the last eight. 
There's not much between them in the league standings, with the Hatters, after years in the doldrums flying high in National League North, and the Stones still stuck near the foot of the table in the National League, especially after a late loss to FC Halifax Town on Tuesday night. Um, if you're John Steele now, Matt, after tonight's result as well, where you've lost at home to Halifax, you're 10 points from safety. Do you go all out on Saturday? I think I think they do. I think it's going to be a tough game because I think Stockport probably ruled on by 5,000, 5,500. They can smell Wembley. Uh, doing well in the National League North. Could be tough for Maidstone. The problem is with Maidstone, they don't score any goals. You've got Cassidy, Romain, um, who are strikers who I like, are willing runners, but they're not goal scorers. And that's Maidstone's problems. Uh, with the result like that, ten points in it. I know you've still got twelve games to go, but you know, haven't won at home for six months. I think maybe, I think they probably should say it's gone. The uh, survival in the national league now it's going to be very difficult to get out of it. You might as well go for it now um, uh, and do it. But I think it's going to be really tough against Stockport because I think Stockport are probably a decent side, and I think could be playing national league football next season, and, we, and they will be. Addition wise for the National League, a very big club in that division because of the support they get. Well, I, th- I think we saw last year, didn't we, in the final? We saw that um, Brackley were a good side, weren't they? And, you know, the, the, some of those teams at the very top of that National League North are very good sides who could easily fit in, couldn't they? And and, and get, into it, get into the National League. And I think the National League South is, is the National League North, sorry, is probably a stronger league than the National League South. Um, just looking very quickly. Stockport are uh, have beaten Southport tonight. They were two 0 down and won that game three uh, two. They're fourteen games unbeaten in the league, uh, level on points at the top of National League North. It's going to be a very very tough tie for Maidstone. But then, you know, as we say, they've got nothing to lose, have they? Because you know, if people like us are looking at it and saying, "Well, it's going to be a tough tie," then you know, if they lose, no one's going to be too upset. And if they win, it's a fantastic result that they did so well against Salford in the last round. Yeah, it's all for, you know, in the replay, um, did play um, the reserves, but Mason had to beat them and I thought that maybe they've had a couple of good results. They drew with Fylde, I think they went three unbeat before they've lost the last two. So, yeah, I, I just feel maybe at home they could beat Stockport um, in the Cup because the Cup format in home has been pretty good this season. It's the league form that's let them down. But, um yeah, I just think it, it could be tough against Stockport and where do Maystone go from that point of view? They've got some tough games to go still. Um, I've done my spreadsheet, John, of all the sides left to play in the National League. So um, I've got, I'm not, maybe next week when I've divulged it a bit more, I'll say who the things the teams are going down. But I'm saying a bit early now, I think for Maystone, unless they can pick up, they need to win four or five on the spin and they haven't, they've won four or five games all season. I, I think they've probably had it. But if you spoke to um, Maystone fans, if you said, all right, you're getting relegated, but you're going to Wembley, they'd probably take it. So um, from that point of view, and hopefully they can prove me wrong by getting a result against Stockport, but it's going to be tough. Certainly is. Um, We'll best move on to the result that caused me to swear in disbelief at the classified results on Saturday, as David Beckham went to see Salford and no doubt left Moorlane purring about Jai Reason after the midfielder scored an absolute screamer in Dover's implausible 3-1 win. Go on then, Matthew. Tell me all about it. Well, um, it, it's a fantastic result. When you look at the other sides um, who won as well, with Maidenhead, who I go to on Saturday, on Saturday with Dover, one at Lake Norin. Um, fortunately, haven't. And Waterloo have lost their last two and got a tonking by file today, so that left me punching the air. 
Um, yeah, fantastic performance and from whatever it was. I think David deserved to win. Went behind um, to a goal. Where, you know, he pinged it in from 40 yards. You know, fair play to him. But David grew into the game, counter-attacking a little bit. Um, Effion with a couple of assists, and it's it's a good it's a good result. But now you've got to build on this. It's no good going to Salford and winning the next two games sides around them and if you look at David's fixture list they've got all the sides around them to play so he got made and made their way on Saturday and they did this in the last minute last season and basically wrecked David's getting in the playoffs and they've got to go Braintree after that so really you're looking at four points needed for the next two games for David to get them up where they want to be but he's looking better a defeat in there and the other results may have been that and I think Andy Essenthaler said it was a you know, whether it was a bonus that game, if they were won, it's a bonus. If they lost, everybody expecting it. But now, games of the weekend um, against Maidenhead and Braintree, the games you've got to win. For me, it's in dope. You know, I've been doom and gloom about Dover, but um, seems to have performed the last two games, performed well. But looking at all these fixtures after I've done my spreadsheet, it's in their own hands because out of all the sides left to play, Dover got the sides around the bottom of the table. So, if they win the, win the games they should do, they should be okay. So, um, optimistic, you know, I'm up and down like a yo-yo with how they're going, but um, that sort of thing, they've got to build on that. But it, it was a good result. Yeah, much to your shock, John, and my shock, to be honest. Well, indeed, yes. And, and it, uh, you are always up and down, because this time last year we were going through this in a, when you were pushing for the playoffs. I think even at one point you said to me, um, in the sort of adding the language that you would probably hear from Andy Goldstein and Ian Wright that you thought Dover were going to win the league around this time of year um, but well, yeah I did throw it at one stage because nobody was doing it they could um, had that sort of knack of winning games and under Chris Kinnear so uh, I think last season you think look at it I'm sure some of the bigger sides when you look at how Macclesfield is doing in this division or in the division above Last season was probably the, the, the season it was to go and win it um, with some of the sides and the teams like Wrexham and people like that probably threw it away. So the strength of the league, I think it's a stronger league this year with more, maybe stronger at the top, maybe looser at the bottom. But um, it's exciting times and and to be honest, all I care about is that they will finish 20th in the division and stay up. God knows, I mean, however they get there, they'll do it. And of course, we want Maidstone to stay up and things like that, but... Dover in a good position, but we've got to follow that up now. A point against Maidenhead, exactly a side around them. Defeat against them, I'll be thinking next week, oh, we're buggered again. So, um, yeah, it's all up and down, but it's important games. Each, every week now for Dover, you're playing teams around you, so it's in their own hands. So, that, I think they've only got Sutton left to play and somebody else near the top. And I think Sutton and Ebsfleet, everybody else is in the bottom six, seven of the table. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, a quick update on, on the cats. Um, the other cat, Ray, has come in through the cat flap. Uh, the black and white one is completely unmoved and Ray is currently around my legs trying to be my friend. Um, so I am stroking him while also recording the Kent Only podcast. So uh, happy days for everybody. And he doesn't seem put off by by your views on Dover, Matt. So that's... Uh, exactly, yeah. All my language. No, exactly. Um, Ebbsfleet United drew 0-0 with Hartlepool on Tuesday evening, uh, having won 2-1 at Harrogate on Saturday. Uh, and Bromley put another nail in Maidstone's coffin on Saturday with a 2 0 win. Um, both of those clubs are probably just, well, Ebbsfleet may see, still think they've got an outside chance to play us, but for Bromley, it's just going to be a mid table season, isn't it? Yeah, 13 games to go, 12. Uh, Bromley aren't going down. I think it's too many points to catch up on um, from that point. I think 
Ebbsfleet as well. Uh, I think they've done well to at the moment publicise problems. Their home form has dipped a little bit the last couple of weeks, couple of games, and it beat Orient and won the last couple. So yeah, I think for Ebbsfleet as well, um, I think it'd be interesting. I think more interesting how they hopefully they get players get paid this week or whenever they get paid at the end of the month and where they go for it from next season. That's the big thing. They're going to be okay. Um, but I think I said before, I think the playoffs are out the top nine, seven teams and they could already be the ones from there. I think Ebbsfleet and Bromley are in a clubs of about four clubs who basically can't go up, can't go down. Everybody else is either involved in a playoff position or um, um, a relegation battle. So, But yeah, I think um, it was a good result for them. JJ Hooper, who's been a good signing for Bromley, scored a couple of goals. But yeah, poor old mainstay, unfortunately. Yeah. This weekend, as we've already heard, a huge game for Dover at Maidenhead. Uh, Ebbsfleet are also on the road at Barrow and Bromley are going as, uh, the distance as well because they're away to Hartlepool. In the National League South, it was a brilliant weekend for Welling as they beat then-league leaders Torquay United 2-0 with uh, Jack Barham signing off his, the end of his loan spell with a fine goal. That takes the Wings back up to fifth in the table ahead of their trip to relegation threat in Hungerford on Saturday. Dartford, meanwhile, are seventh after their 2-2 draw at Slough and they face Matt's favourites Woking on Saturday at Prince's Park. Woking, who, after beating Hemel Hempstead 3-1 this evening, have returned to the top of the table. So, uh, very tight in there, isn't it? Come on, the darts. Well, indeed. Um, yeah, but they're tough. Are they playing on the Saturday, is it? It is Saturday, yeah, at Prince's Park. Come on, the darts. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're about Woking. They seem to bring about four different loan players in every week as well. So, I'd rather talk here, to be honest. Anybody put Woking. <laughs> I don't I might again, I don't have got any Woking, but they're just... Uh, yeah, they're, 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 if that's all... I think I'd probably bash my head against a brick wall if, if David got relegated and Woking went up, so... But sometimes, sometimes... Uh, i tell you this story about why, why I hate Woking so much. Uh, I think you've told me off the air, but not necessarily on... Yeah, I'll say it now, basically, because... When Dover, I've always, I've always never liked them. Never liked them. Um, just one of those, you know, clubs as it is. And uh, one of the things when we first season in the National League, I went to Kinnear, um We went there, Bank Holiday Monday. I remember going with uh, Sam Incasol, your good friend and mine, and uh, we drove up there, Bank Holiday Monday, and he chucked it down all the, all the time, to basically there. We got there and we lost six one. And I don't think we won it won in the league, I think, at that stage. So we were, we were struggling. And uh, some woking man came up to me, put his hand on my shoulder and said, just enjoy your season, mate. Like, after, after, this is August, it was. So the patronising from that. So and so I never liked it at that point. And I did see the bloke win the final game of last season when they were beat Woking to relegate them. And uh, But I had a little bit more decorum. But in my head, it, I was... Effing and Jeff at him saying no, 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 no. So that's the reason I, I've got no time for woking. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that they won't get promoted. Come on, Torquay. Come on, anybody. Come on, Chelmsford, even. What They're about well as well. Wellington and Dartford? And Wellington and Dartford, of course. I think they can win the league, though. Okay. Well, it'd be great in the playoffs to do woking, wouldn't it? Indeed. Yeah, so. yeah I'm, just not, I'm just not a fan. Just uh, one you, of those clubs that always. So, exactly. So, in 20 years' time, if I'm presenting match of the day, not going to happen. And it comes out, it comes out. I could lose my job for my when Woking and winning the Premier, winning the Premier League sort of thing. 
I think, like I'm there's more chance of you hosting match of the day than is Woken winning the Premier League. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. I say that because Gary Lineker's on the telly talking about the football shirts he's just wearing now. So. Into the uh, Bostic League Premier Division and a frankly incredible end to the game at Folkestone on Saturday. They took the lead in stoppage time, then doubled that lead. But 10-man Wingate and Finchie had other ideas and scored twice themselves in stoppage time to earn a point. So uh, Matt decided to ring Neil Cugley and get him to talk us through it. Yeah, delighted to have um, Folkestone manager Neil Cugley on the the phone. Now, Neil, uh, you've been involved with the game a long time. Um, I, I looked at the score on Saturday. Oh, I've run through the scores and I saw all the goals were in the in the after injury time. Um, can you talk us through it? It's a, seems a bit crazy to me. Do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> it really was. A, I've got to be honest. It was a very poor game. We didn't play very well, and uh, um, nothing much was happening. They had, they had then a lad sent off. I think about a quarter of an hour before the end. So obviously we changed our formation and went for it and lucky enough then we got a penalty so that was right on with enough time but to be fair to the ref he you know he did always say there was six minutes added on time so I can't I won't moan, of, won't moan about that uh, then we got a good second goal so it was all right now we're 2-0 up and the second minute I think of added time and uh, then Matt Newman made a mistake at the back it was a bit unfair I'd just been nominated or got the Man of the Match award, and then uh, made us a slip to make it sort of 2-1 two, two, with, I'd say, a minute to go. We then get a corner. We we try and hold it up in the corner as they do now, all these teams, and uh, the referee thought it was a foul. I thought it was a bit harsh. They quickly took the free kick, got it out to the left winger, who plonked it in the box, and then they scored. So that's how it went, really. Again, I suppose... Not thinking they get anything in a nil-nil draw. Quite an exciting game. Yeah, what's you know two nil up, you know in stoppage time. What was your feeling there? You know your players, you know did the right thing, sound it going to the corner. But is it just you're a little bit disappointed about the game management? That's a big word in football these days. Uh, I think footballers use that word more than us managers, so it's quite uh, obviously it got thrown back at them after the game. When uh, obviously a few things were said after the game, where sometimes at heat at the moment, obviously when you're manager and that, but. Yeah, I did use that because quite a few players say, oh, we've got to do game management. I did actually say, I don't think your game management was very good today. So, you know, it's one of those things that happen sometimes in football. Did you you think you deserved to win the game anyway from from the point of view? No, not really, if I'm being honest. Obviously, you can't expect to be two to up and draw it, but no, I didn't think we played very well. We we have been playing really well recently, to be fair, but Saturday we're nowhere near at our best. Um, I suppose that's why you're frustrated because it looked like we got a win out of really nothing really and then you know it was obviously changed how we played really went at them and um, you know got our rewards with the goals but uh, to say you can, what happens if a lad slips and say that was the first is, is that sort of you know you can see the confidence going through them as well Wingate at that point well, I think it's just happened so quick to be honest mate. I don't think anybody saw it coming anywhere you know it wasn't one of those things I think you know, when it went 2-1, obviously we've got a corner. I think even they thought we're just going to hold it and that was going to be the end of the game. And, uh, but at the end of the day, they got a free kick from it, took a quick free kick, switched the play and plonked it in the box. And obviously they'd send up, you know, as, as we all do, <laughs> the big centre-halves go up front, don't they? And, and uh, got the knockdown and they scored. You know, it was, the disappointment was, for me, was obviously, you know, the... Not keeping it in the corner, obviously, if you do that sort of situation in the game, you've got to do that better. But also, they should be then able to get out to get the crossing. 
Have you, have you been involved a game with? I don't know I've watched games. And you see a couple of goals in stoppage time, but never sort of seeing seeing four. Have you, you know, you you manage more games than people have had hot dinners. So, have you ever seen anything like this before? No, I don't think I've ever, no, I've never seen four in the 90th minute. I've got to be honest. No, you know, it's a, it was a, a strange, surreal sort of end to it. You know, and uh, um, they had a bit of problem with the lad sent off. He wouldn't go back in the change room, so he was around the hanging around the dugout as well. Or the sorry, the uh, gates where we all come out afterwards uh, um, trying to get off the pitch so it's just all seemed to happen in a, in a mad sort of few minutes really and of course your job is to, to lift your players after that what was the dressing room like afterwards uh, she, she said there you'll say things and you know have a go and moan and as you say the great thing of game management is that, that I think players use the word more than the managers actually <laughs> um, you know obviously they got thrown back at home a little bit but you know you move on don't you it's, not great when they're looking back you, you, if the situation happens again you hopefully we behold the ball well first thing you don't expect Matt Newman to slip over to the first goal and say and then we hope to you should be able to hold it in the corner better than we did you know, you know, but, uh, you know disappoint you you'd have gone up to fourth place in the league if you hadn't held on to that thing but it's still a quite division, close division for the playoff positions you're quite confident but you've got some tough games coming up Enfield um you know, away from home, you know, the likes of Billy Bricknell, people like that in there, so that'll be a tough game, won't it? Yeah, they're, they're good side. We've got Carl Shorten, I thought, really good side at our place early on. We've got Leverhead, we've got Lewis, and the next thing is four games, and three of those teams already beaten us this year. So, yeah, that's going to be an important, uh, important time. But, you know, so up to Saturday, we were playing some good football, and we should got to get back to that. And uh, if we can play like we then, we haven't got to fear anybody. If we, if we play like Saturday, then, then it will be a hard task to get um, the, the results. Training this week then, so what will you be working on? Seeing the game out then, is it? Uh, yeah, I think that'll get thrown at the, at the end of the week. No, no, you just, as I said there, you sometimes you just got to move on and, uh, you know, sometimes things happen in football and uh, at least you've got folks and name everywhere and nothing else this week, hasn't it? So, <laughs> All publicity is good publicity, I suppose, isn't it? No, yeah, that's what they say. I don't feel like it at the moment, but <laughs> I know what you mean, yes. All right. Yeah, no, it's, we, we, we've done well, really. We've had a good season and uh, just nice to finish it off, you know. And, uh, as you know, we're not the biggest players, so we have to work really hard to, to get where we are. And, uh, you know, we, we'd love to try and be there or thereabouts to try and get the playoffs at the end of the season. That'd be a great achievement to everybody at the club. I like the fact that you said to him, oh, did, did you think you deserved to win the game? But no, not really. Um, and I, I suppose the draw's a fair result, but what a dramatic end to the game that is. Yeah, I, 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 when I came back in and checked my phone on the, um, the scores and you, you think on that, and I've checked it two or more, I was disappointed with Folkestone, and I saw 90, 90, 90, 90, I thought, oh, the app's broken here or something. Or, you know, they haven't got the scores through and just put it in at that time. So, um, yes, uh, and saw it from that point. I think 11 minutes of stoppage time. Wingate, Neil Cugley, you know, he's managed so many games as a, as a manager, he's probably never seen it before, but interesting what he said about game management in fact that his players talk about that not management but what can he do if the players get into that good position they shouldn't be doing that and it could have gone up to fourth in the table so um, disappointing but you know he's seen it all before I'm sure if he was a young manager in his, you know, in his first sort of throws of management he'd have been pulling his hair out but he's seen it all before so it's probably not best to wind himself too much about it no, it was interesting as well when you said about uh, he didn't. I don't think he was even particularly a big fan of them taking the ball into the corner in the first place, was no, it? No, no, exactly. Yeah, I'd, I, for me, I'd have just booted that out of touch, mate. Boot chase that. 
get get the ball back and then get in, you know lines it up. But that, that that's me. But uh, young folks inside um, doing doing well. But I really hope they don't regret that um, that loss or that, that drop in two points. I should say. Yeah, um, elsewhere, Jason has got his first win in charge of Margate as Ben Swift's header saw off Brighton's region. Two goals in two for Ben Swift under Jason, which is exactly what you would have wanted from a centre half, no? <laughs> well, he's highly rated, Ben Swift. He went to Villa, didn't he? I thought maybe um, could have come back. Jay knows all about him. Margate needed that, and there's a bit of optimism there. A decent crowd from that point of view. So I think, um, yeah, going in the right direction. I think. I think they were a little bit disappointed that Wingate scored two against folks because they put them more away from the relegation zone. But four points against two you know, semi-decent sides for Margate, they can move on and, and go from there. So uh, I, I'm, I'm sure a, a good end to the season can wait, but at least it's a bit of feel-good factor back to the club. Yeah, and elsewhere, the dashing Tom Derry managed to avoid all the women launching their knickers at him uh, to get a debut brace as Tumbridge Angels won 4-0 at Burgess Hill to keep their playoff push going. Uh, this weekend, Angels are at home to Merston. In Victor go to Enfield and Margate uh, at Corinthian Casuals. And then on Tuesday night, Margate are at home to Carl Shorten. And Angels are at Lewis on Wednesday night. So, shaping up nicely, that league, for, from Tumbridge Angels' point of view. Yeah, they're really at the right form. So, I think um, when... Uh... Steve McKim put his resignation in, um, or rumoured to have put it saying he would have leave the club. The, the form has turned around, the players have responded to him, so I think that's a, an excellent um, way to go for them, and I think they're going in the right direction. And a couple more wins, they can cement that playoff place, which I think is good for them. Yes, indeed. It would be fantastic for Tom Jangles to, to be in with a shout of getting back up into the National League South because it's been far too long. In the South East Division, Cray Wanderers conceded their first goal from open play since December the 23rd as they were held to a 2-2 draw by Ramsgate. Joe Taylor netted against his former club, but Tom Chapman and Gil Carvalho netted for the Rams either side of Junior Dadson's strike to earn the Rams a point. In front of their biggest crowd of the season, 270 people, I believe, were there. Matt, that's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, Ramsgate are looking to bring new play, new new ideas to the club. It shows that you know the football in Thanet. When you have got six hundred at Margate, two hundred and eighty at Ramsgate, there there definitely is a, an appeal there for people to watch football in the in the Thanet area. And from my point of view, uh, I was, when I used to be the sports editor of the Thanet Gazette, it used to do my Sweden. The cats are now fighting on the stairs. I have no words. Um, it used to do my Sweden when Margate and Ramsgate were at home on the same day because there are people in that area who will float and they'll go and watch one. Uh, they'll go and watch whoever's at home. So disappointing for both of those clubs that they've both got big crowds in on Saturday, but they put, probably could have had better crowds if they'd been playing on different Saturdays at home. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know when you put the fixtures in, maybe you can say we want to be opposite them, but we know that the, 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 the fixture selection of the Devon Bostic League is pretty appalling anyway. So I think if you, you did request it, they'd probably lose the piece of paper. Exactly. Um, Ashford's good run came to an end as they lost 2-1 at Herne Bay. A VCD were 4-1 winners at Whiteleaf. 7-8-1, 2-1 at Guernsey. And Sittingbourne beat East Grinstead 2-1. The Eastman League website has given the Brickies first goal to keeper Patrick Lee, but I'm disappointed to report that it was in fact scored by Billy Lewins. Not for Billy, obviously, but it would have been a nice story if the goalkeeper had scored. But elsewhere, Hyde were beaten 2-0 at Greenwich. Favisham lost to Hastings and Phoenix Sports went down 4-2 at home to Haywards Heath. And Heath then beat Favisham on Tuesday night as well for good measure. And this weekend, Ashford hosts Phoenix. Favisham are at home to Whiteleaf. Hyde hosts Guernsey with a 12.45 kickoff. It's Seven Oaks against Ramsgate. Herne Bay go to Three Bridges. VCD meets Sittingbourne. 
and which will face Horsham and then on Tuesday night Citybourne are away to three bridges um, still plenty to be to play for in that league I'd say Matt yeah I think uh, it is I see a high that brought back Sid Solis who like some of the Margate players their supporters really liked him from that point of view but they have struggled of late a bit high can they get in the playoffs I think they probably just uh, about Canberra what about Herne Bay I have to say you know they're so up and down aren't they Getting losing that well it's a great result against Ashford not many people would have seen that coming well, no, especially at, at Winch's Field because they have really struggled at, at home so far this season, Herne Bay. And then for them to go and get that result there is, is absolutely phenomenal. And, and as for Tommy Warlow, he was on the show a couple of weeks ago and you know, maybe they suffered a little bit from not actually from having a, a couple of weeks off because they had that momentum, didn't they? And then they yeah. had a free weekend because obviously they could, should have been playing Thamesmead. And then they, they've come back on, on a defeat. So even though they've been on such a good run, they've only, they haven't won a game for three weeks now and, and that must be difficult for them. Yeah, I think they were on the informed side in the division, weren't they? And I think good point you make from that point of view. Again, we're looking at it every week. It really is crazy to, to, to throw away from this position. So, But Ashford need to get back on the horse. Quite tight up there, the top five, you know, all on 48 points and 50. So it's... You want to try and get second place from that. Hastings, great at home, not particularly good, good away from home. But, yeah, craze, you know, it's, it's for them to throw away. Just hopefully some of the sides at the bottom of the table can move away, really. The Sittingbournes and the Herne Bays just move away from it. And Greenwich Borough, not, it's been a disappointing year for our scaffold sides. Only really uh, Ashford United can hopefully, they can be the one who get in the playoffs as well as Hyde. But they need to find some form, particularly Hyde as well. Yeah, well, Hyde will be very disappointed with where they are uh, at the moment after the start to the season that they had as well. Uh, anyway, that is pretty much it for your Kent Only podcast this week. Uh, it is quarter to 11 on Tuesday night now, but uh, you won't have heard this until probably this time tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, because I'm, I'm just fitting it around various other bits and pieces. But uh, thanks to Matt for giving up um, some of his precious time on, on a Tuesday evening. I assume he's gone to a different wing of the house to avoid waking up the Gerard girls. Um, hey, I am downstairs in that. So, um, what's it, 20, 20 minutes? Oh, I'll, I'll, do you know what? I'll live the dream here. I might actually go and watch the National League highlights now while I'm still up. Wow. What a man I am. What? I keep replaying the, the day with third goal against. Uh, um, Salford. Yeah, well, hopefully Matt will be at Maidenhead on Saturday, so uh, you'll be able to hear about that next week. Uh, and yeah, well, thanks very much to, to Ben Smith and Neil Cugley for chatting to us for this week's podcast. Thanks to all of you for listening. And as you've already said already, massive, massive good luck to Canterbury City and Cray Valley PM in the FA Vars on, uh, over the weekend. Don't forget, Canterbury City are playing uh, against Biggles Wade at Salters Lane Faversham on Sunday afternoon. If you can possibly get along to that game and get behind Canterbury City, then please, please do. As always, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non League. Uh, I am on Twitter at John Phipps81 and Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Um, we were on the radio on Monday evening. Uh, not a lot of non league to, to be discussed, really, but we did have um, Keith Peacock and Tony Cascarino um, talking about Gillingham winning at Sunderland in 1987. And do you know what? It was absolutely a fascinating conversation. So if you do get the chance, Please listen again to that show because we, we were really, really proud of it. We, we thought it went really well. And we also talked about rugby as well, which is something we know. Absolutely. Yeah, and he did. He, he made us play that as well on, 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 on the radio and I still have no idea. Um, but yeah, thanks to everyone for listening and we shall see you all next week. The popular-
population of Figglesway is 16,550. Why, why, why do you need three football teams? 